you can't really apply what you don't know. You know what I'm saying? So it's definitely important to get the theology. Um, but again, you won't know the theology unless you're doing the theology. Um, the Bible is booby trapped in such a way where if you're not if you're not doing it, you're not going to understand it. The Bible says, be doers of the word and not hearers, only deceiving yourselves. Um, and he said the same thing to the he basically said the same thing to the Pharisees. Like, look, you think you got the you know everything because you search the scriptures, but you don't because you're not doing it right. You're not obedient. Um, so our obedience is what gives us understanding of what we're actually reading. So not only does applying it um, benefit because you're you're actually living the faith, but it also helps you to understand your theology. All that to say that knowing the scriptures, obeying the scriptures, it'll show up if, if you're being real. That stuff's going to show up in your in your music. You know what I'm saying? And um, specifically on the topic of sex, I believe that because we've been given the word um, and we're the only community on the world, in the world that can understand it because we're the only community that has the Holy Spirit, um, that means we are the authority on the topic. Mm -hmm. And so we have to act like it. And with that authority comes the responsibility of making sure that we're sharing it accurately. You are now listening to Fellow Citizens, a podcast by Gospel in the Arts. I'm your host, Phil Porto, a creative and entrepreneur who has learned some extremely valuable lessons about faith in the arts, but I've learned them in the hardest ways possible. We hope this podcast can share the highs and lows of some amazing artists in the industry, share lessons they and I have learned or are currently learning, and inspire artists to create beautiful art from an overflow of a healthy walk with the Savior. Today's guest, Trisha and Daryl Bell. So, if you do not know who Trisha and Daryl Bell are, they are a powerhouse couple of faith and the arts. Daryl, also known as Stephen the Levite, has been one of hip-hop's premier lyricists in the Christian faith, releasing most of his work through the record label Lamp Mode, and Trisha is the CEO of Art So Indulge and Taste, Look, and Listen, a lifestyle brand focused on doing things in excellence. And together, they run Our Sexual Healing, which is a podcast and blog about having a healthy biblical view of sex, dating, and marriage. Aside from their accomplishments, they are two of the most sincere and real people I have ever met in the industry. So I am truly honored, and it is a privilege to have them on the Fellow Citizens podcast. So thank you guys so much for being part of this episode. How are you guys doing today? First of all, that intro... (laughs) Yo, that intro, I'm over here like, sheesh. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for having us. And uh, man, you almost made me cry, bro. Like, (laughs) all of that. That was lovely. We're we're honored. We we, we appreciate the, uh, yeah, that was was great. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, It's all truth, man. Following you guys and just building relationship with you guys has seriously been an honor. You come along a lot of people that come and go when you're in the arts, you know, mm-hmm. and some of them you're okay with them going. And then some of yeah. them are like, yo, I'm holding on to you whether you like it or not. <laughs> and so, you know, in, in the years that I've known you guys and the like 15,000 states that you guys have lived in, um, <laughs> this is facts. I've enjoyed the journey of watching you guys and like the 52 careers that you've, you know, been part of. Yeah, and yeah. So yeah, so I, I, I definitely appreciate you guys and all that you do. So you know, so 
before we get too far into the podcast, we're going to talk about some really important stuff. Um, but before we do, there's a part of our show that gives our listeners just a little bit of insight in who you guys are. And so this part of the podcast is called... So what it is, it's a flash round of questions. Not going to mm. give you guys too much time to think. So just okay. fire your answers. All right. Whatever comes to mind. Yep. Depending on what you, what you answer, our listeners can decide if they want to continue to rock with you or, <laughs> you know, they dip out for the rest of the episode. So, so we're going to let them figure that out. So I'm going to let ladies go first. So the first okay. four questions are for you, Trisha. All right. All right. All right. Favorite music album of all time. Oh, gosh. Um, uh, I was going to say mm, Jill Scott. <laughs> I don't right. forget the name of that. Her first album. All right. All right. Doritos, Nacho Cheese or Cool Ranch? Cool Ranch. All right. Better movie, Love and Basketball or Brown Sugar? Ooh. Oh, gosh. Brown Sugar. See, you can't really go wrong there because it's the same freaking movie. <laughs> I know, right? Literally, it's, it's the same movie. You just replace a basketball with a microphone and right. you keep going. So, yeah. all right, this is going to be the hard one. All right, and, and I don't want to cause any frustration or any tension in this. All right, okay. Who would win in a rap battle, Timothy Brindle or your husband? Oh, my husband, hands down. Right. Actually, I'm lying. I'm actually lying because. <laughs> Daryl doesn't is, battle. Daryl yeah. doesn't battle at all, and Tim would definitely like, like slash Tim, him. Tim has a history. <laughs> Tim, <laughs> Tim, used actually, Tim used to actually do rap battles. Yeah, I, like that's his thing. Yeah, Daryl right. does not battle. Like he doesn't freestyle. Yeah, and I'm not talking about like today's joints where like they have a couple days to write song and then they come to the battle with the lo- fully loaded and all that. Yeah, like, yeah. No, I'm talking about. <laughs> Tim used to go to the battles, freestyle them, yeah. them joints, and, and like, you know, battle dudes. So, like, you know, I don't know what his record was, but, I mean, he, he has more, he has a lot more practice than I do. And he still freestyles at live shows, so. See, that, that's what's up. Like, uh, I think a lot of people don't realize that there were, like, battle rappers before it was kind of okay now for CHH artists mm-hmm. to battle rap, yeah. you know, like, mm. now it's like, yo, you see so-and-so battle rap, and I'm like, you know how much, like, trash talk the Tunnel Rats used to get for battle rapping back in the day? Like, this, <laughs> right. is, not, this is not a new thing for Christians to be lethal with a pen and pad, so whatever. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. So, Daryl, your turn, mm-hmm. brother. My all turn, right, let's, let's see what go. you got. Favorite music album of all time? Uh, Supreme Clientele. All right. Devil Dogs or Twinkies? Twinkies? All right. Who's a better team, the 95-96 Bulls or the present-day Lakers? Bulls. All right. Bro, you, if you would have answered the other, I would have accidentally had internet problems. And we so, just saying. All right. Greatest MC of all time? Ah, um, let's just go with Rakim. Ooh. All right. I've gotten some black thought on that, which I can also rock with. So, oh yeah, black thought's a beast. Like he's 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 probably like one of the best that's that's out right now. That's still like putting out consistent music. So, what I love about him, man, is he has he has put out albums with, I mean, put out tracks with every single person that could be known as a great. 
and mm-hmm. yet he's the one that shines on that. Yeah, like, absolutely. It's insane. Like I've never mm-hmm. seen anybody anybody kind of do that. Some of the artists mm-hmm. he's collabed with, I would be intimidated and afraid to even step into a studio with. So yeah, that's what's up. Cool, cool. So I think you guys did pretty well. I, I, I kind of kept it a little bit easy. You know, if you listen to some of the other podcasts, I, I've been a little hard on the people, but I wanted to make sure people <laughs> listen to this podcast. So, so I was gracious. <laughs> Yo, I was so I got so tripped up over the the best album. It was definitely not Jill Scott, but I just couldn't think of anything else. It's not Jill Scott, so who would it be? Oh man, it's hard because I I love every like so many types of music. So yeah, yeah. it's very hard. I probably I would say right now, hiatus coyotes. Um, okay, what's it called? Choose your weapon. Choose your weapon. Okay, that's like my favorite like album like almost ever. <laughs> Here's the thing: you can't you can't really go wrong because yeah. it's your album. Like right, unless unless, unless you're saying something like. I don't know. I can't even think of an album that I would have to like disconnect you for. So <laughs> I think it's fine. Yeah, yeah. If, if you came on and you were like, Britney Spears, hit me, baby, one more time. No. Maybe something like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Absolutely not. I'd be like, what? <laughs> you would lose listeners, street cred, and all, like. Street so cred for sure. Yeah, she can't be sure. All, all your Instagram accounts will be on fire. Like, so. thanks. Yes. Oh, gosh. Yeah, so, you know, on today's episode, we're going to talk about, you know, so, some heavy topics. But before we do, um, I want to give our listeners an opportunity to get to know a little bit of your guys' background. You know, like, where are you guys from? Uh, what were you into? Like, w- did you grow up in the faith? And if you didn't, when did you come into the faith? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, baby. You can go first. Okay. Well, um, I tell people that I'm from everywhere. Um, I was born in San Antonio, Texas, but moved to Oklahoma when I was like a couple months old, and uh, moved from there when I was like ten. And we moved around a lot because my dad was in the military. So, okay. Um, when I was living with my grandmother for like two years in Cleveland, Ohio, um, I. Uh, got saved at 12. I was going to a Christian private school and gave my life to the Lord um, at 12. And But, you know, just living life and not really having a lot of discipleship or, you know, my dad wasn't really, like, he was in the church, but he wasn't, I don't know, I don't know that he's a believer or not, but he, it wasn't, it just wasn't, like, stressed in our household to, like, read your Bible and yeah. pray and stuff like that. So um, it wasn't until I was 19 that I rededicated my life back to the Lord and since then I've been like really just just pushing with God ever since that's awesome yeah yeah um for me um I was basically raised born and raised in California I didn't leave until after I got saved um I was uh part of a youth group for about my whole high school like all four years of high school um, I didn't actually get saved until after high school, which by that point I shouldn't have been in the youth group, but <laughs> yeah. I was still coming because it was what I was attached to. And I had a really dope youth pastor um, who was consistent about giving us the gospel. And, um, you know, it just finally clicked one day, you know, like I have to, I have to repent. I have to get rid of 
um, you know, a lot of a lot of stuff. I ended up throwing out a lot of my secular music at the time because it was it was such an idol for me. I was really into yeah. hip hop. Um, you know, if if hip hop told me that Echo was the most hip hop thing to wear, then that's what I was gonna wear. So I had a lot yeah, of Echo yeah. stuff. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, so it, it controlled a lot of my decisions and stuff. Even even when I met Gabe Muse One. I remember he came to my youth group back then. I don't even know if he was a Christian yet, but he was in a Christian rap group at the time. Okay. And um, he came to our church to to um, promote a show that um, his church was doing, or some you know something that he was involved in. And I remember being like, we were me and my brother were kind of like hip hop Pharisees, so to speak. Like when cats came in and they were like, "Yeah, this is hip hop," we'd be like, "I don't know, let me see." You know what I'm saying? Like, let's, let's see what you got, and we'd be like, "Yeah, I mean, he, alright. you know what I'm saying? He, he you know." So we were kind of like real, like elitist backpacker type cats. So, um, so yeah, so that's kind of how I grew up in. You know, eventually I had to kind of let that part of hip hop go, and you know I got saved, and then you know the Lord kind of let me pick it back up once I had a different mindset, and um, I didn't, I wasn't subject to it anymore. You know, yeah. So yeah, so yeah, man. That's good, man. Um, you know, I think it's always important, you know, when we're letting people speak into, you know, our viewers' lives, for them to kind of get a little background of the authenticity of like where you guys came to know the Lord. Um, mm-hmm. I know for me personally, you know, very similar story. You know, me and my brother, uh, we grew up in New York, and hip-hop was our idol. I didn't mm. believe in other kind of music except, like, hip-hop, R&B, and soul until, mm. you know, I was in my mid-teens. I thought anything else was of the devil, um, <laughs> which is crazy <laughs> because, like, <laughs> I'm talking about, like, white people music as the devil, and, like, yeah. yet I'm listening to the most, like, foul hip-hop in the world. <laughs> associating that with like any negative you know demonic spirits or whatever um and and, and i remember for me uh a little bit of a different story like you were like yeah you know i got rid of like a lot of my music because you know i felt it in my heart that i was supposed to and you know i had to separate um and my story was a little bit different it was like one of those like youth group parties where they're like throw your secular cds in the fire and you're like yeah and you just like throw everything in the fire and then like the next morning you woke up and you were like, what the frick did I do? Like uh-huh. hundreds of dollars as like a teenager and like all my music's now in the fire and I didn't even feel any conviction on it. Uh, but but yeah, anyway, pointless little rant. That's but, funny. So, so that's good. So, so Daryl, you know, you, you grew up, you know, with a love for hip hop. Um, mm-hmm. Were you creating hip hop as you were listening to it as you were growing up? So it was off and on. I wasn't doing a lot of the creating. Um, I think as a young person, even I realized that Criss Cross and ABC weren't writing their own rhymes. And I, yeah. and, I, and, I, and I just knew, like, all I need to do is just convince somebody to write rhymes for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, uh, so, like in elementary school, I think my babysitter at the time wrote us some stuff. Me and my brother did um some kind of performance i forget but we um we we spit over uh, a, a queen latifah instrumental um okay. that had naughty by nature on it uh like i think it was called wickedest man alive or something like that i forget um is the mic picking that up yeah it's all good 
Okay. Got kids, All right. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Just checking, making sure. Um. So yeah. Um. So yeah, we spent over something like that for a talent show, and then um, like years later, we I ended up writing. No, what I did later on was I put I took some verses from one song and spit them over the instrumental for another song, and I put like a few things together and performed some at a talent show like in middle school. It wasn't until high school that I actually started writing my own stuff. And um, I was really proud of myself for that one. But but it was a process getting there. But I always kind of like wanted to perform and do hip-hop and stuff like that. I just I just didn't think I had what it took to write until high school. That's crazy, man. Especially like knowing how, as an MC, you know, like how you are viewed as like, bar for bar one of the elites in our industry and so to just think of somebody ghostwriting for you just kind of cracks me up it's it's funny that uh you know you had somebody ghostwriting for you when everyone kind of looks you know especially especially when you were in your like prime lamp mode days it was just like you didn't want to get on a track after Steven the Levite. You just didn't want to do that to yourself. So it was just like, yeah, I'll go first. That was e- even on the track that unfortunately never saw the light of day for mine. I put you last because I was just like, if anyone <laughs> listens to that first and then I come on, like, it's no longer my album. So that, uh, <laughs> so we had to make sure we fixed that. So, so Trisha. Yes. Give me a little background on how you got into the arts because you are like a <laughs> jack of all trades, like hat wearer when it comes to the arts. Yeah. So, h- how did you first start dabbling in the arts? Well, um, so when I was seven, um, something happened to me. I was molested and it sparked um, a lot in me. Um, it was. You know, I think because I was such a, um, it sparked curiosity in me, but I didn't have anybody to talk to. Um, Nobody really, you know, could help me kind of process through what I was going through internally. Um, I started to really gravitate toward music and dance. Um, And it was kind of like my, um, it's just something that it was, it was just helping me kind of get through my emotions, um, yeah. you know, cause I could express them outwardly, um, through dance. And so, um, so dance was like the, kind of like my, like the first art that I ever participated in and was really good at it. I was like making stuff up and I was very like limber, um, wanted to do gymnastics and stuff like that. And so, um, I did that. I was dancing for, since I guess I really started, um, doing it uh, I guess officially when I was 10. Um, so from the age of between 10 and 12, I was like, just kind of doing stuff on my own. And then I started dancing at church. Um, and from there that I moved to, uh, dancing in college. Um, I was, a one of the, we had a dance team for our basketball team in college at Rutgers university. And so I made the dance team and I was, you know, you know, just doing some more dance. And then eventually when I rededicated my life um, to the Lord, I started dancing with a a Christian dance school and I was actually teaching dance. 
something that I never actually thought I wanted to do. Um, yeah. But I was good at it. And so um, the, the lady who started it had never seen me dance. But she had heard about me, and she was like, "I want you to be a teacher." And I was like, "But you never, you've never seen me." She was like, "Oh, I, I, I know that you're. I need, I need you, and I know that you're going to be good at it." So I was like, "All right, cool." Um, and so yeah, it was really it kind of just kind of um, laid a foundation for me to uh, be more disciplined in the art. Okay. Um, and so man, I did a lot. Like I was doing like liturgical type style dance, modern type dance, and hip hop. Hip hop was like my my foundation um okay but i was doing all different kinds of dance so it was like really like you know helping me to move differently and stuff so after that i was like you know what i'm gonna do my own thing and start teaching um start teaching dance for people who are just interested you know in learning it was all like christian (laughs) hip-hop and um yeah it was cool and so uh in high school, though, I did skip. I, I skipped a big, huge chunk of my life. In high school is when I got into acting. Um, I was a I was a thespian in high school, and really like so dance and like theater was like my like two the two things I was like really passionate about. And so when I went to college, I was a theater major um, and was you know still dancing, uh, teaching dance, uh, doing that kind of like simultaneously. Um, yeah. And, you know, just other, other like forms of art that I've just, cause I'm just a creative in general. Like I, I love to draw. I was like, you know, doing that in high school. Um, and then I started getting into makeup. Um, like, I mean, I was doing makeup when I was in high school, but like, I didn't do it professionally until I was yeah. an, an adult. Um, cause I didn't know I was like that good at it, but I started teaching myself <laughs> how to like do stuff and people was hiring me. So, um, so yeah, I think, I think I've hit what dance acting. I, I used to sing a little bit too. Um, yeah, she was in a go-go band. I was in a go-go <laughs> band in Maryland. I was. All right. I need, uh, I need that link so I can drop <laughs> it in the podcast bio. Yeah. Okay. So people can jam it. Going down the street, listening to you in your go go band. I wish. So, <laughs> so that's what's up. So yeah. cool. So, you know, you guys got your separate lives. You know, the Lord's doing things in you. Mm-hmm. So, where did the paths cross to get from, you know, where you guys were solo to, all right, look at this girl, look at this guy, to get into a point that, you know, now. Everyone who, who's listened to your music knows, you know, your songs that you've written about her. Like, mm-hmm. where did that relationship form um, and, and how did your paths cross to make that kind of spark? Well, she actually saw me first. Um, Let me, can I tell my, my yeah, part? Go ahead. Thank you. Go ahead. He doesn't know that part, really. <laughs> All right. So um, he, he, here's the thing. Every time. Since I'm a wedding photographer, I listen to, you know, brides and grooms stories. And it's funny because they're always like, no, that's not how it happened. Let me tell it. No, you tell it. No. And I'm just like, it's the same thing over and over again. You guys know that the actual truth is somewhere in the middle. Right. So I'll let you guys both share your stories and then our viewers can like morph those together to actually find out the reality of how it all happened. Hilarious. All right, go ahead, man. Um, so I was at a uh, open mic in Philadelphia, and it was called First Friday Fundamentals. 
And I think it was, it might've been like the first time I had ever gone to one, maybe the second time. I don't, I'm not sure, but I saw Daryl and Gabe performing and I was like, the first thing I said in my mind, I was like, who is that? <laughs> and well, first I was like, yo, they sound really dope. Cause I've never like the only Christian hip hop I had heard at that point was cross movement and flame and, and the okay. truth and the truth. Um, and so, but I was a hip hop head. So that wasn't really like their style wasn't really like my thing, but when yeah. like I love most death and common and like, you know, like the, yeah. the, the real hip hop. And so <laughs> not that yeah, the boom bat. Yeah. So, um, I saw, so I heard them like spitting and I was like, yo, they're, they sound like, you know, some like most deaf type common, you know, it was like boom bat, like really underground type hip-hop so I was like intrigued and then I saw Daryl and I was like yo why does he look like most deaf I was like who is that oh my gosh <laughs> I thought he was like really cute but I was like okay I don't I don't know who this guy is but he's killing and so I wanted to meet him afterward but I ended up meeting Gabe instead because um, he was like Daryl was nowhere around for some reason um, and so like two years later I want to say two three years later I see him at Epiphany's Bible study, the first Bible study that I ever went to um, for them. And I'm like, oh, snap, that's the dude, Stephen and Levi. I remember him. And um, I was there with my boyfriend at the time. So, you know, I wasn't really like, I was paying attention, but I wasn't, you know, paying that much attention. Um, and uh, eventually we got to know each other um, just mm -hmm. through the ministry. And I broke up with that boyfriend and, you know, the rest yeah. is history. <laughs> history yeah because like so i so i don't remember her being at the show so that's why she has to tell that part but like i remember seeing her at the bible study and um i i, I think i thought she was cute but again she had a boyfriend so i wasn't even checking for her like that um but what really brought us together was we got um, we got paired up to do the food for a, um, for a, an outreach that we were doing called uh, a Concert to the Classroom to the Corner, CCC. Okay. And um, so they, you know, a girl that I liked actually at the time paired us up and said, hey, you guys are going to do food. And I was like, okay, this is awkward because she's cute and I've been trying to avoid her. Um, <laughs> so... Um, so, yeah, so we ended up talking and stuff. And, you know, I'm trying not to be um, just like, all right, we came here to do a job. So let's get to business. Like, I'll be like, hey, so how's it going? How's school? How's your life? You know what I'm saying? So I'm checking yeah. on her. Meanwhile, it, meanwhile. Turned, it turned into a friendship. You know, what I'm I, saying? I was really liking him and I did not want to like him. I was like, God, please. Like, take this feeling away. I just wanted to be me and you. Because I, I had recently broke up with the guy that was, you know, had come mm. to the Bible study with me. And I was really just, like, trying to focus on my relationship with the Lord. And he just kept coming up in my mind and my heart. And I was really praying it away. And then that happened. And I was like, why is he asking me how my day is? Like, I need him to just get to the business. Like, <laughs> stop trying to get to know me, please. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. so... <laughs> Yeah. So, so your version, Trish, uh -huh. it sounds like a Christian version of Brown Sugar. Like, <laughs> I saw him at a hip hop show. Right. He had a boyfriend. He had a girl. Like it sounds like a Christian version yeah, of so Brown Sugar. And it, it really and, does. And then when you're like, 
I was engaged at the time too. I think maybe. Were you? You were engaged. I might have. You were engaged. He was engaged. <clears throat> it is brown sugar. That's you crazy. You throw a little bit of Jesus in there, and it's brown sugar. That's so funny. That's oh crazy. <laughs> I so, never even thought so, about that. Wow. So that's, that's, that's why that's you chose quite that the revelation. Movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. And, and then when you were like talking about like. Why is this guy all getting in my business? Like, yeah. I just want to be with Jesus. It reminded me of like being in high school and like really first getting serious with the Lord and hating that youth group like rejection of mm. no, I'm not interested. I'm just dating Jesus. Yeah. Like that's the memory that came back to my head. And I was like, Yo, those were the worst, like, rejections. Just tell me no. Right. So, I, I, I'm still working on that in the inside, if you can't tell. So, <laughs> so that's awesome. It, it's good to hear your guys' story. Um, mm-hmm. And so you guys have done a lot, you know, mm-hmm. for, for people that don't know much about your guys' story. Um, th- there's a lot that has happened, you know. I, I've followed um, you guys first through Steven's music, um, being – a hip hop head myself, you know, growing up on boom bap, you know, music, um, loving artists like Black Star. And, you know, I, I too was a little bit of a hip hop elitist. And I came into um, listening to Christian music at a time where I was just like, yo, this is all trash. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and, and then I heard, you know, the Tunnel Rats Experience album, and I was like, okay, these people are actual like lyricists. I can vibe with this. Um, and then came across cross movements first album, which was a little more like that, you know, it was a little more backpacker with their heavens mentality album. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I was vibing off of that. And then there was like a drought where I was just like, what is this? Mm-hmm. And then around that time was where, you know, I started seeing Steven's music and, you know, Marzil and Deep Space Five. And it, it felt like, oh, my goodness, my spirit can actually, like, love hip-hop again. Because mm-hmm. uh, there was that divide of, like, growing in the Lord and not being able to really connect with what I used to listen to back in the day. But also not wanting to listen to what was available either. <laughs> so it was, like, stuck between a catch-22. Um, so, so your music, you know, really w- was at that point. And then, you know, as I started getting older and working in the industry and, you know, doing music and crossing paths and seeing how you guys operated together, mm. it was impactful. It was, it, mm. it was really cool to be able to see a husband and a wife um, that truly became one on multiple levels, you mm. know? Mm. Um, it wasn't just like, oh, yeah, he does music, you know, it was, he does music and I have his back, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm going to make sure that, you know, when he's putting stuff out, that it looks great, mm-hmm. that we're promoting it, that we're doing this, we're doing that. It was kind of like just watching you guys flow on one accord, which is really, really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and whether it was pursuing music full time or, you know, not so much like being on the road as much as you used to before, just seeing that all of your guys' endeavors have been side by side, um, is really a really beautiful thing, uh, especially because being in the industry, you you, you kind of see how marriages have been affected, you mm-hmm. know, through the years for, yeah. for people that we've you know been in relationship with, you know, and seeing some marriages that were able to be redeemed mm-hmm. um, and some that weren't, you know, mm-hmm. and the the hard um, 
thing that is to witness. So being able to witness you guys, like being able to continue to serve together has been incredible. And so the newest endeavor that you guys have been doing, um, our sexual healing mm-hmm. is, is fire. Like I love the fact that you guys are talking on a topic that not many people are willing to talk about in the church. And mm-hmm. so that's why when I reached out to you guys, I really wanted to make this episode about how we as believers in the arts need to not shrink back from talking about things that shape our worldview. Mm -hmm. Um, Just because we don't record it and put it out or paint it and put it out or write it and put it out doesn't mean that we as believers are not being shaped by those things Mm -hmm. and not addressing them, not talking about it is allowing other people to talk about it shape our worldview in a negative sense. Mm-hmm. And so so I wanted to talk about a few of those, you know, few of those things um, <clears throat> because I, I was reading uh, Juan Vidal, uh, who was Juan Love of Rayma Soul. He put out a book called Rap Dad. Um, mm. And if you're a listener, read it. Like mm. what I really, really love about it is the vulnerability in the pages. You know, mm-hmm. he's talking about being on this mission trip and the church telling him like, this is what you guys got to do. This is what you guys got to do. And them just being young, zealous believers, uh, wanting to make music to glorify the Lord and they're doing things. Um, but they're realizing on the road temptations that aren't really being, you know, addressed because, mm-hmm they're the ones ministering and they don't really have anyone ministering to them, even mm-hmm. though they're young in the faith as artists. Mm-hmm. And I see that a lot. You know, I see that a lot in our industry. We were talking about it before how many people we've seen come and go mm-hmm. uh, in our industry through the lack of discipleship. And I think that as someone who has been in the industry, both of you guys, um, it would be key to talk to those that are listening on the importance of being real and talking about things that need to be Mm -hmm. talked about. Because one thing I see for sure is, you know, first topic, we'll start small and then we'll go into some of the big hitters, Mm -hmm. um, is I see people think that we as believers in the arts need to talk about theology Mm -hmm. and how we worship. And Mm -hmm. those are like the two topics that are accepted. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Any man and woman of the faith that I've ever known has more going on in their lives than <laughs> how much they study theology mm-hmm. and you know how much they worship Jesus. Like yeah. two great crucial things mm-hmm. to who we are. Yeah. But you have the world talking about like the things that they enjoy. Mm-hmm. And of course, that's going to be a little more appealing, especially to some people that are new in the faith that are still trying to figure this out. Yeah. If they get into what they're supposed to be listening to. And it's all, hey, you need to be in doctrine and you need to be worshiping. Mm-hmm. Yes, you do. Yeah. But is that the sole life of a believer? You know, yeah. And then you listen to songs and, and you're like listening to the radio and you're like, yo, these people are talking about love and about parties. Like, I remember what it was like to party. Christians <laughs> apparently don't party. Like, right. let's uh. go back to that, you know? <laughs> so would you guys mind just talking about, you know, how you guys from being in the industry, like why it's important for us as believers to actually talk about real life in mm. the art that we put out, whether it's literature, music, painting, like you look at old painters, like they didn't just paint 
portraits of Jesus every single time. You know, they yeah. painted other things that were real to them, things that were happening in their lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So can you talk about the importance of, as believers, actually creating content that hits all areas in somebody's life? Yeah, yeah. I think, um, you know, I think... Uh, you know, the thing about Christian hip hop is that it's still a growing living organism, you know, and there's been, you know, there's been a lot of growth. It's still in awkward stages right now because it's so young. But, you know, I grew up in the era of, we talk about theology, you know what I'm saying? And, um, it was, it was beneficial in some ways, but I think, you know, at the same time, there were other people who were talking about other things. Um, and I think what one of the, one of the negative kind of things that came from just talking about theology was that, um, well, actually, I'm going to tag this on there, too. I think one of the things about being talented or gifted is that people assume your maturity. Mm -hmm. um so like so if you're talented you're gifted you go out there you perform with confidence they're like oh my gosh this person must be a beast you know what i'm saying like you expect them to just be like so mature Mm -hmm. so knowledgeable they must be getting discipled by some pastor somewhere they must like wake up and pray every morning they must be like you know, they just meet, they must read like five chapters a day, you know, they just like, they're studying, like you think all these things about them because of how well they can perform. But it's like, nah, that's not, that's not how you measure maturity. You don't, you measure maturity by fruit, not gifts, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, and so, um, you know, so, but in the, the thing about that too also is that you can be young in the faith, um, you know, be really zealous about what you believe. Um, take the little bit that you know, throw some zeal on top of it, and you know, do it with skill. And people are gonna think you're like, "Yo, man, this this album is revolutionary. It's gonna cause revival." You know, you got, you know, it's just everything, right? But you know, but again, but 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 an album doesn't display fruit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like, um, you know, so it's easy to kind of misjudge the the level of maturity of a of a young believer because of an album if it's done well and mm-hmm. so um i think bringing like your real life onto the to the album um <clears throat> or just into subject matter kind of helps people get a better perspective of where you are and a better sense of expectation from you mm-hmm. um Cause you know, I feel like, especially like a lot of the people that love like lyrical theology, um, you know, to an extent, some of them have, you know, a more, um, there, there's, there's an inability to apply, you know what I'm saying? A lot of theology for those, for some of those cats, you know what I'm saying? And that's, it's kind of been one of my, my wrestles. Like when I look at, um, you know, some of the, the, you know, the group chats and stuff like that, where a lot of our fans congregate, there's a lot of, <clears throat> there's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of what they get from the music. It's a lot of theological talk. Um, it's a lot of like, oh, who's, which pastors are on point and which ones aren't and, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. But there's not a lot of like, you know, like, this is what it looks like for me to wrestle with, 
um, porn or this is what it looks like for me to, you know, try to figure out how to parent my family or, you know, there's not a lot of like life application. Mm -hmm. And um, so I'm trying to bring that into my music. And that's what I've been trying to do probably since like um, the last missionary and stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's very important because again, like, you know, you look at somebody like Joshua Harris, right? Mm -hmm. He was young. He wrote a book. Everybody ran with it because they were like, yo, this 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 young guy is so talented. He's gifted. This book is amazing. This is a great perspective. It seems to be biblical. You know what I'm saying? And now we're at at a point where a lot of people are like, that book was toxic. Mm -hmm. We hated it. It ruined my life and Mm -hmm. all this stuff. And even Joshua Harris himself seems to have kind of walked away from the faith to an extent. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so it's like, um, you know, and so. You know, it, there's, there's, you know, you just want to make sure that you're not doing the same thing. You know, you want to make sure that you're not just running with this young, zealous, kind of like not really grown in the faith kind of, you know, product that you put out and not really like kind of backing it up with the fruit that, that should come with it and, you know, yeah. stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and yeah. I was just going to add to that, um, that I think relatability is just important um, to for uh, in order for like new believers and just believers in general to, you know, just like if, if you're putting out an album that's, you know, talking about real life stuff, your people are more, you know, um, they're, they're going to probably want to, to listen to it <laughs> more than than not, um, you know, and. and the main reason why we're talking about what we talk about um, in our sexual healing too is because, you know, it's real life stuff. Like people go through that. Everyone has a desire for sex. Like most, most people <laughs> like the, the general population um, has yeah. a desire for sex. And so if, if Christians aren't talking about it, you know what I mean? Like where are other Christians going to, um, get the practical application of how to um, figure out what to do with sex. Like how, where are they going to go? Yeah. They're going to go to the world. They're yeah. going to go outside of the church. And, and so it's, it's, if they have somebody who is relatable, who can, you know, understand like, okay, I understand where you're go- where you're coming from, what you're going through. Cause I've been there. I'm going through it right now. Um, let me talk, let me talk to you about what I've learned. Let me talk to you about, you know, the things that, um, you know, we've gone through and, you know, give our, our like experience and, you know, talk about how God has like, you know, um, um, helped us through those things. And if, you know, if, if there's not enough people in the church talking about it, like I said, they're just not gonna, they're not going to be interested. (laughs) And and at some point they're going to walk away and be like, you know what? Y'all ain't real. I'm done. You know what I mean? And I've seen that. We have literally seen people do that. Like walk away because it's like who who I don't have anybody who can relate to me, you know. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And that's one thing that I I like that you admitted, Daryl. Uh, mm-hmm. Is it 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 worked? You know what you guys doing? What what we're doing back then? It worked for you guys, you know. Yeah. And, and from an outsider's point of view, you could just see it as success and call it a day, but. Being able to look at something with an open mind and being like, yes, rapping about theology was great because it grew a lot of people, but mm. it also 
helped a lot of people mask their lack of growth because yeah. they were able to recite things back to Absolutely. us, um, but they weren't actually experiencing or growing in the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so one thing that we, we really want to make sure, you know, our, our listeners and the artists that are being encouraged and edified and challenged by our guests is that we can't really separate our art from our worldview. Mm -hmm. Like we really can't do that Mm -hmm. because the world doesn't do that. Like Mm -hmm. when you listen to an artist or look at a movie, any artist that's creating something, their worldview is attached to that. Mm -hmm. You know, like, like there are, you know, people who are creating shows and movies that will blatantly say, yeah, we probably could have gotten away with not having that many nude women in there, but it's part of our worldview because we know that more men are going to watch it if it's there. Mm-hmm. They are blatantly saying <laughs> why they're doing things yeah. and their mindset behind it, and they have no problem putting that stuff out. Mm-hmm. Yet I feel like we sometimes as believers do not talk about the things that really shape our worldview. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, somebody else winds up shaping it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so we really want to encourage people that are creating art to not just give that sugar-coated version of Christianity when mm. they put things out because there's so much out there that needs to be heard. And when, when you look at it, it seems like it's a rare thing mm. when it happens and Christians don't really know how to respond to it. Mm-hmm. And so when artists you know, wind up either admitting or being exposed to shortcomings um it's as if like they have been failed by somebody who is in this like godlike pedestal in their life mm-hmm. because they never saw that person as a real person yeah. they saw them in this like highly elevated greater than everybody else mm-hmm. kind of platform because mm-hmm. the artists kind of put themselves in that, you know, Mm -hmm. with only sharing their successes and not their failures. Mm -hmm. Um, and so when I look, you know, there's an album that came out, um, by an artist named Dayton, uh, in the hallway. And great album. Honestly, it was my favorite album that he's put out, you Mm -hmm. know? And I know that from talking to people that there was very mixed feelings on the album because it was about his divorce Mm -hmm. and, they, they, there was a lot of like people in the CHH community, like, what are you talking about? Like, why aren't you fighting for your marriage? Like immediately going to let's post scripture about why you're in sin instead of let's <laughs> listen to this man's pain mm-hmm. and actually hear his story and hear that he has fought with all of his might mm-hmm. for his marriage. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that should not <clears throat> be the rarity. That should actually be the norm of yeah. what we put out as believers. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so Stephen, you, 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 I, I've honestly, since I've followed your work, I've seen the change mm-hmm. um, in the content that you put out. Would you mind sharing what brought that change? Like, what was it that was revealed to you that made you go, okay, there's got to be more? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Um, I think, I think over, you know, I think if you listen closely enough over the course of like all of my albums, <clears throat> you'll see like the, the level of maturity for the content has kind of gone up. 
Um, like, I feel like the redeemed thought stuff was just like basic Christianity. Like, you know, Jesus, the cross, the resurrection, you know what I'm saying? Like all the basic stuff. Um, today's game was like, are you willing to die for this stuff? You know what I'm saying? Uh, anti-traditionalism, um, things like that. Still the gospel, but you know, also this stuff, right? Um, you know, then you get to like the last missionary where, it's about um, decompartmentalizing the concepts of the church, um, God's mission, and marriage, right? Um, so the idea of bringing them all together. So by the time I get to Can I Be Honest, I'm like, you know what? I've kind of laid the theological groundwork. I don't yeah. feel the need to reemphasize theology again just to tell my story because at that point, I had gotten to a place where I just wanted to focus on um, my story. And, I, and, and to an extent, I knew that the response wasn't going to be as receptive as it would be to a typical lyrical theology album, which is why the question is, can I be honest? You know what I'm saying? Like, am I allowed yeah. to do that? Because my, my assumption based on my audience is that if it's not a lot of didactic <clears throat> content, then they're not going to be satisfied because mm. <clears throat> they want theology. But part of the reason they want theology is because <clears throat> they don't they don't really take in the the application well. Like if they don't like there's there's the the again like they just want to be spoon fed. But again, I'm trying to get people mature. Like if you can't chew up the meat for yourself. Mm -hmm. Then, then are we really growing? You know what I'm saying? And so I've always been kind of weaning back. Like, you know, like I'm not going to give, I'm not going to spoon feed you all the passages now. You could, you should be able to find your own scripture references at this point. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to give you the theological foundation for this song unless like, and again, the one song where I did do some didactic stuff was home was a honeymoon because I felt like that was the one song where I needed to. Because I was talking about sex and I wasn't talking about it in a negative connotation, which is yeah. totally different for Christian hip hop. Mm -hmm. So let me give you some theological background before I just talk about, hey, sex is a good thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so I did it on that track, but everything else I was just like, look, this is where I'm at. You guys should know the theological stuff. I did that on the last album. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just listen to my story and see where where how it works. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so, you know, so I think it was just the growth and just like us kind of coming through a season of realizing like, yo, like my wife had just gone through therapy or was going through therapy and we kind of just kind of make some breakthroughs as far as like us figuring out what we had been arguing about for years mm -hmm. and, um, you know, realizing like how her past was affecting us now mm -hmm. and, you know, like where my shortcomings were and the way I looked at things and all that. And I felt like that was something that, um, you know, that that other believers, even the artists could benefit from because I like yeah. I remember Jr. specifically. Um, he goes by Cortland or um, Courtney. Uh, Courtney Orlando now. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I don't know where Cortland came from, <laughs> <clears throat> but he um, but he said I, he said he wanted to write love songs because he saw his friends getting divorced. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I was just like, I want to help people not get divorced too, and that's kind of what motivated yeah. my stuff. Not that I heard him say that before I wrote the album, but but he kind of mentioned it to me like 
as I was like in the process and I was just like, yeah, that's kind of where I came from because I was seeing that, um, you know, like, you know, just the priority of making sure that home was straight first and not seeing that with everybody that I knew, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so I was motivated to try to help people to get their marriage right and make sure that, you know, because again, marriage is like so fun foundational, you know what I'm saying? If you yeah. can keep, if you can get the church, if you could get just the Christians in the world to stay married and actually enjoy their marriages, mm-hmm. like that would be revolutionary, bro. Like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? You're talking like, you know what I'm saying? Christian households with, with, with kids who got two Christian loving parents and people who know Jesus, you know what I'm saying? Building a foundation for the rest of society. Like you get you know, there's all kinds of like benefits that come with that, you yeah. know, as far as like actually having a father in the household, mm-hmm. you know how many like, like people are in jail because like, you know, again, the biggest factor that, that, that a lot of people in jail have in common is the fact that they don't have a father, mm-hmm. you know what I'm yeah. saying? So, uh, so again, I'm not going to go into the laundry mm-hmm. list, but there's a lot of benefits that come from just having a enjoyable marriage, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So I was like, I want to be a part of that solution. Um, and that's, that's kind of where can I be honest come from, came from. And that's why I still write love songs to this day Mm -hmm. because, um, I just can't, I can't avoid them. Like, I feel like I have to throw one in every once in a while just to encourage like happy marriages, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's the crazy thing to me is like, if you look at art outside of the church, Mm -hmm. most of what gets the shine has to do with relationships mm-hmm. and sex. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those are the two topics that you rarely ever hear within the Christian circles being promoted. Mm-hmm. Like some of my favorite songs from Lecrae have been songs that he's written about his wife. Mm-hmm. I've never heard that on a playlist. I've never seen that on a radio, you know, station mm-hmm. that's never promoted ever. Mm-hmm. Ever. My favorite track by Derek Minor was a track about a husband and wife on the verge of divorce and saying, Father, if there's any way to salvage this, you're the only way to salvage this. Mm-hmm. But no one, m- most people don't even know he wrote that song, like <laughs> even diehard followers of his, because that's yeah. just the track that got ignored. Mm-hmm. And so it's weird to me, um, and, and that's what I'm praying to see a shift in, is mm-hmm. the two things that the world can learn the most from us is how to love and how to have real relationship. Mm-hmm. And they're not finding that through the church yeah. and they're finding it elsewhere. And so there's a quote that I saw online and I'm a preface it. I have no clue who this lady is. <laughs> so if her theology or whatever is out of whack, don't at me. Like it, it's a good quote. I know nothing about her, but she said, our lives are shaped by the God we worship, whether that is the God of the Bible or some uh, substitute deity. And so she's talking about like when we're creating art that our worldview cannot be taken out of our art. You Mm -hmm. can't take the worldview out of the art is the article that I read. Yeah. I feel like we sent we, we tend to do that way too much within the Christian sphere mm-hmm. is the only thing we share about our worldview 
is that we're believers. Mm-hmm. But what is different about us as believers should be mm-hmm. what is on that. Because if people are looking for love and you listen, all of these are like, even back in the day, my mom and dad song when they were teenagers and then they wound up getting divorced and having crazy, like whatever. But their song was, I fell in love, I fell in love on a lonely highway. And it's talking about like in being in the search for love and then they found each other. Mm -hmm. And so even them who had no desire or want for anything of the Lord, Mm -hmm. they were looking for a love that was different than what they had experienced. Mm -hmm. And if we could, as believers showcase that showcase what it looks like to have healthy marriages, healthy marriages does not mean that everything's perfect. Like we fight it out. Like we, 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 wind up realizing we're wrong. We show grace. We learn from that stuff. Having healthy sex lives, you Mm -hmm. know, like that's a topic that's very like (laughs) walked around in in Uh the church. Um, And so, so, so that's one thing I want to like focus on right now. Um, Because when I was looking at your guys' podcast, I started thinking um, of the divide between the world and us. And mm. even on your albums, you know, Stephen, um, uh, in, in, you know, your lyrics for SOS, you mm. talk about how you guys, you know, have become one. Mm. Um, and you start, you know, talking about a little bit, you know, her body is mine and mine is hers. I said it because he said it. They're his words. Mm-hmm. Like, we're, you're using the idea of scripture. Like, there's a whole chapter in the bible (laughs) song of solomon that's very rarely talked about you know Mm -hmm. and i was looking at the difference between the world and the church and as a wedding photographer there's a song that is played at every single wedding and it will be till the day we die and (laughs) that's yeah by usher and (laughs) every every single wedding like it will be played Suburban white wedding? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's so funny. Urban, you know, street wedding? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hispanic wedding? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. That song will always be played. And when you look at Ludacris's lyrics in that song, you know, he's pretty much just talking about sex. Mm -hmm. Like, that's all his verse really is. I want a lady in the street, but a freak in the bed. Mm -hmm. And... That song gets played even now on radio stations. Yeah. And that song is so, so old. When it first came yes. out, it was 12 weeks consecutive as the number one song wow. in the nation. Mm-hmm. 12 weeks in a row. I think that was like one of the highest like R&B songs that's ever been there. Um, and so that song will never go away. But then you see something like the homie Swoop comes out with a song called two for one Mm -hmm. and he's got some lyrics you know but i got it in the bag you can bet that wife never hit me back with the next nap because she found a text from a girl with an eggplant because she the one who texts that so a peach emoji is what i sent back (laughs) (laughs) then she sent me something that i can't rap i said i'd be on my way asap i died when Uh i heard those lyrics yeah I will yeah, never hear ups. that on Christian radio. Yeah. <clears throat> nope. 
Well, we will never hear that on Christian radio. Yeah, that, that's and, a multi-layered problem. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and that's the thing, though, is like when we're creating art, that shouldn't be the kind of song that goes, "Oh man, swoops a little too edgy." Like, mm-hmm. what? What's edgy about that? Right, that's yeah. beautiful. You know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. he's saying. I don't need a side piece. Mm-hmm. Like all the world is rapping about their other girl or they're covering up that they have to go find another girl. Mm-hmm. I don't need anything because I am complete with what I have in my wife. Yeah. And he's rapping about it from a healthy, healthy part. And e- even the part that goes, you know, um, I ain't got a flex, whole lot of sex. Like mm-hmm. you're not going to see many people like, showcase that song mm-hmm. and i find that as a problem like, yes as yes. a very very big problem when we know that many people in our faith have fallen mm. because of sexual sin mm-hmm. i feel like when we mask that this is actually a desire of believers that it causes that gateway to possibly fall into it because we're masking it so much. Mm -hmm. So what is it, you know, how did you guys come to a point where you were like, this is something that we're going to tackle regardless of what people may say or think? Yeah, I think, um, well, I mean, so I think my main motivation was like, I, I, you know, so Can I Be Honest was the first album that I didn't write because I was angry. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, every other album was like, I'm upset with these heretics. I'm upset with traditionalism. I'm upset with, you know, whatever, right? I'm upset with these whack rappers. I'm upset, whatever, right? This was the first album where I was just like, you know what? I just need people to not get divorced. So let me write this. Um, and, you know, I think it was just... The necessity, like, you know, again, like, it's so foundational. Why aren't we talking about it? Um, You know, we're not going to avoid the problem by not talking about it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I have to talk about it. And, um, you know, and luckily, you know, again, like, we got Swoop now writing stuff like that. We got, um, you know, and again, I think Swoop was, not Swoop, but uh, Show Baraka, he was doing stuff around the same time. Mm -hmm. I was probably, I was probably taking it taking P's and Q's from him to an extent as well. Um, But like, you know, around the same time, we were both like, yo, like pushing more marriage related content. And, um, you know, and again, it's just like, how come we haven't been rapping about this from the beginning? There's a few songs here and there, but it's not, it hasn't been the kind of emphasis that, um, you know, I would say me and Shobaraka and, you know, I think more people are starting to like kind of jump on that a little bit more. Uh, because they see the importance of it. Like, mm-hmm. if we're not showcasing how satisfied we are with our wives, um, you know, then then the world's, de- you know, the people who are watching us are definitely, like, going to be uh, shortchanged, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and, and also, I wanted to talk about your, um, your what you said about um, those songs not making it to the radio. Like, it's so important that we actually have radio outlets that are from us you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. our culture because i feel like a lot of them on my new album that I'm, that i'm you know it's done i just need to put it out but um i said the c and c h h h don't mean children 
and even if it did, if they don't, if we don't teach them, who will then? You know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm talking about sex on the album, so on on the song, but like a lot of our a lot of the radio outlets that played our music weren't really catering to our culture. You know what I'm saying? They weren't catering to the hip hop head who's 20 plus and lives in, you know, the hood or whatever. You know what I'm saying? A lot of it was because, again, like, remember when I don't know if you remember, but like when Shobaraka said penis on his album, they pulled it from the Christian bookstores um, Mm -hmm. across the globe. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was just like and it was a it was a wake up call for for I think the CHH community for some of us anyway. Um, because it was like, yo, who, who, like, you know, say, how did this become a problem where we can't talk about real stuff in our music or we got to a point where we were, where we realized or knew that we couldn't even talk about that stuff without facing, you know, not getting airplay and stuff like that. Um, so again, and, and after I wrote, can I be honest, like my shows slowed down a whole lot, especially when I said I didn't, I don't do this for youth groups, you know what I'm saying? Um, but you know, and it was kind of like a necessary L because it was just like, I need to, um, help either start the trend or probably finish the trend because I think show Baraka was the first one that kind of openly said, like, I was just rapping for, for little white kids, like, you know, for little rich kids, like the night before Christmas, um, like, you know, and that's not what I wanted to do. That's not why I got into yeah. Christian hip hop. I didn't do this to, you know, to do little, you know, all white youth groups. You know what I'm saying? I, I wrote this, I started writing because I had a, a desire to reach a certain group of people that I came from and they're not even showing up to my shows anymore, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, so, so I think it's it's something that, you know, we're trying to fix. We're trying to figure out. We're trying to make sure that we're getting stuff to them. Um, but I think it starts with the content. Like, you have to start rapping to those people that you're trying to reach um, instead of trying to, you know, maintain the CHH soccer mom status quo. Um, yeah. So, you know, so it was just kind of like a, a necessity for me. Like, I just needed to rap about this stuff because, again, like, it's about the marriages. It's not about... You know, are they going to play this on the radio? Because, again, I'm underground anyway, so I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, so. Here, here's the thing, you know, that, that I see the bigger problem is like whether it's hip hop, whether it's R&B, whether it's soul, whether it's painting a picture, whether it's dance, mm-hmm. whether it's white guy with an acoustic guitar. Mm-hmm. I think the problem transcends Christianity, yeah, yeah. period. Mm-hmm. You make a good point. if you look. If you look, sexual like desire does not just target the urban community. Yeah. Sexual desire does not just target the white boy frat party or mm-hmm. the you know the Hispanic Latin you know <laughs> passion culture. Like it's everywhere. Yeah. And so we as believers, the the the, the safe route is actually causing more damage mm-hmm. than the real route because mm-hmm. the safe, like if we don't talk about it, it's not a problem is actually causing more and more problems. Like whenever yeah. you see an artist or a pastor or someone that has come out, you know, with like a sexual sin, it's been, it started off small mm-hmm. and I felt like I could fix it. I had to bottle it up because 
of my platform or this, that, and whatever. Mm -hmm. It's that we as believers are not talking about actual issues and yeah. actual, you know, things that need to be addressed. We're yeah. so willing to just give the palatable, like fun fluff that we're allowing the actual true life issues that we had before we were believers mm -hmm. that are still there. And we're not talking about those yeah. as if saying, you know, a prayer took all of that temptation away from us. Like, yeah. No, it didn't. We're redeemed. But it's still something that has to be addressed. It's still something Absolutely. that has to be, you know, talked about. And so there was a book I read a long, long time ago, um, just summarized quickly. It talked about how the idea of sex has been slashed into two categories. Mm -hmm. The world takes it and portrays it as pretty much as animals, like mm -hmm. just go out divide conquer get get what you want you know you had songs back back in the day when i was like in high school where it was like you and me baby ain't nothing but mammals so let's do it like they do on the discovery channel you know and like people were buying into that like um, yeah you know just do it you know and you look at especially in the hip-hop community they have no problem like degrading what mm -hmm. sex is you yeah, know absolutely. to simply comparing it to doing things like animals and then you have the church. It was talking about how they put the opposite, you know, twist on it. And they just make it as it, we're angels, you know, like mm -hmm. it's okay. We're redeemed. It doesn't matter. It's going to be in marriage and it's going to be beautiful. And one thing my pastor always, you know, preaches against and when he's discipling us is do not let the pendulum swing so far that it becomes just as much of a problem because yeah. you lost actual truth and reality in that and so when believers put it on this pedestal of like oh you know it's divine well yes it's a beautiful gift from god mm -hmm. but we're still sinners we right. still mishandle beautiful blessings yeah. Um, yeah and if we're not talking about it in a healthy way and especially for the believer who's struggling with it they're going to be hearing from others how they should see sex yeah. And we should be blazing that trail. So, Trisha, would you talk a little bit about, like, what your guys' hope and desire through your guys' podcast and blog is? Yeah, well, I'd say the biggest hope and desire we have is just that um, we see people who are, bro who are broken from, you know, sexual sin, um, even sexual assault and abuse, we're like, our hope is to see them free and healed, period. Like, mm -hmm. um, because, because those things can, um, be such a stronghold and can create, um, bondage for people that, you know, it's, if they don't know how to get out of it, you know what I mean? It's like, it starts to ooze into other areas of their lives. And so, you know, we want to see people whole and, and yeah. instead of like, you know, broken up into these pieces because, you know, they, they don't know how to, um, they don't even know how, they don't even know where to start when it comes to healing from these things. And so, yeah. um, it comes in, it also comes with a lot of shame, a lot of guilt. Um, and so we want to, you know, encourage, we, first we want to have people talking about it because that's, that's where it starts. If you're not talking about it, if you can't even admit that, um, you know, yo, my first, my first, my introduction to sex 
affected me this way and now I'm I believe sex is this if you can't even get to that point then we we can't really help you but we want to start talking about it so much so that it becomes a regular like thing for for Christians to just talk about it openly because it's it's such a thing that's just not talked about like at all um I mean I've I've talked to Christian women who are like I can't even I can't even be in at this event that's talking about relationships and sex because I'm so uncomfortable. That's a problem. You know what I mean? Like that's, and, and it's not, it's not because she has a problem because she's so whatever. It's just because it's, it hasn't, she's, she's not comfortable. Like we haven't made it comfortable for, for us to, to, yeah. you know, even like, you know, sit and listen, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's a, that's a problem. And so, you know, we're, we just want it to be a normal thing for the church to just spark these conversations and, you know, um, explore what it looks like to, you know, d- like discover like, oh, I have this issue or this is why I'm this way, um, yeah. especially prior to marriage, because if you don't deal with these things, um, like the baggage that comes with you know, sexual sin, abuse, trauma, all of those things. If you don't deal with it, you're going to bring that baggage into your marriage or into any relationship. It doesn't even have to be marriage, like your friendships. You know what I'm saying? Like if you don't deal with that stuff, that baggage that comes into these relationships, it just, it starts to like, it gets ugly because you're like, well, I don't even know why I am this way. And the reason why you could be a certain way is because you had trauma that you didn't deal with, be, uh, sexual trauma specifically, um, and and it's such a it's such a common thing. And people say, well, oh, you know, trauma is not always sexual. That's true, but like if you look at the statistics, there are so many people who have dealt with trauma, sexual trauma, sexual abuse. Um, you know that those two things right there is such a common thing for people in general, not just women, women, men, every it's like everybody, you know. And it's it's very sad. Um, it's very sad, but it, you know, I think that we just have to definitely like um, continue um, just pushing this this topic, uh, pushing the conversation out there, and really um, going against the grain because you know. Like I said, people aren't comfortable. It's not happening. People have have uh, criticized, you know, Christians talking about sex. They're not. They just don't. They just don't accept it as, or it's like inappropriate. Um, yeah. It's like it's not inappropriate. Like we're not talking yeah. about, you know, anything inappropriate. We're talking about this something that God created. He created yeah. it. Yeah. Like, wh- why aren't we talking about this? And why aren't yeah. people aware that it's good? Because all yeah. all I all I knew about it was that it was bad, and so if I all I think about of sex is that it's bad, and then I enter into a marriage and I still I can't think of anything else about sex but it being bad, how am I going to relate to my husband? Help me, help me yeah. understand. How you, like yeah. what are we going to do with that? So somebody has to do something about this. <laughs> somebody, yeah. and so we, you know, because of my history and my past and all of my struggles and all of my baggage and all of the just things that I just wish I didn't could didn't still carry. I was like, we gotta, we just have to do something, and we need to help people be free from this thing because it's it is a when it when you are in bondage, it is a hard thing to break. It is hard 
And the enemy would love for you to continue struggling. <laughs> that That is yeah. his goal, is for you to continue to be in that bondage, to not talk about it, to keep the things that you're struggling with in secret, because secrecy, that's where the enemy thrives. And, yeah. you know, all these things. And it's like, nah, man, we got to, like, God was just convicting me specifically, like, yo, you got to talk about this. You got to talk about your own story. You know, don't worry about what anybody else thinks about you. You got to talk about your own story. And I, yo, when I tell you the freedom that comes with it, it is like, I, it's, it's, it's a feeling that I can't describe or explain, but it's, yeah. it's, it's the Holy Spirit, like just giving me this, like, you know, freedom in, in every area of my life now, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's very, very good. It's a good thing. Yeah. It's a great thing. That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, there's two things that you said that, you know, I, I want to bring attention to. The first, you're talking about this isn't something that should be awkward and weird to talk about mm -hmm. because it's a gift from our creator. Mm -hmm. Like, he is the one who created it. Yep. And so when I look at, you know, my, my even my, my earthly parents, mm -hmm. you know, if I know that something is theirs. Mm-hmm. I see that as valuable. Mm -hmm. You know, if someone was to come and steal something that was of value to theirs, uh, a value to them, I would want to, I would want to get that back. Right. You know, because I know that it's important. I know that, you know, it is theirs. And so when it comes to sex, I feel like we as believers should have that same desire that mm -hmm. we see something that is our father's being taken and mishandled and trampled on and we should really have a desire and a passion to get that back yeah. to redeem that like we serve the god of renewal we serve the god who redeems all things yeah, yeah. and i think that is such a topic that needs to be redeemed and yeah. needs to be brought back to the church like yeah. it's mm -hmm. ours like yeah. it's yeah. not the world's that's, that's right. ours that's right and and the hard thing is, like, there's nothing wrong with creating music that glorifies the Lord, like, mm -hmm. through, like, worship or topics that, you know, are, are you know, oversaturated sometimes. Mm -hmm. You know, th those things are beautiful. They're reaching people. They're great. They're needed. They're necessary. You know, theological, you know, hip-hop, that is also a lane that, you know, is still needed. You know, mm -hmm. there's people that did grow from that season and people mm -hmm. that can still grow through that. But you talked about how you felt like you needed to share your story. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's what we all should be doing with our gifts and talents. Mm -hmm. It's not just creating something that's going to sell or creating something that's going to make it in the industries or markets that we're in, mm -hmm. but it should be sharing our stories because yeah. the things that, move you the most, whether it's in a good direction or the bad direction, is stories, because mm -hmm. you connect to the realness of that. Like, mm -hmm. I remember growing up listening to Biggie, Pac, Snoop, and I didn't grow up, I wasn't slinging crack rock, but... <laughs> I thought it was great, you know, mm -hmm. like, because their story was so real, yeah. you know, I, I was yeah. listening to the authenticity of that, and right. I was like, man, their conviction behind that mm -hmm. is what made me gravitate to that, a lifestyle that I wasn't even living, but 
had me curious because they were sharing actual story and were moved by story. Like you look at how many times Jesus used parables. He could have quickly come out and said, this is exactly what I'm telling you. Mm -hmm. But instead he said, hey, let me tell you a story. Why? Because that's how we're moved. And so with our stories, we should be sharing our brokenness. Mm -hmm. You know, we should be sharing the wins that God is doing in our lives. Mm -hmm. We had a broken marriage. Now we're fighting for it. Mm -hmm. Like, is it perfect? No, but we're fighting for it and it's going well. Mm -hmm. The Lord is being glorified. You know, one thing that my pastor, um, you know, talks about is how when he's leading people, He's not just trying to see how many times they read this book or how they can quote this theologian or whatever. And he talks about like his mentors, they always come and say, how's your wife doing? Mm -hmm. If I was to call her right now, Mm -hmm. how would she say she's doing? Like, and he's like, tell me the truth because I can call and find out, you know, (laughs) like his mentors. And so he's kind of done the same thing in the way that he leads, you know, Mm -hmm. and he has those topic conversations of like, if you're in our leadership, how's your wife? Are you guys having a healthy sex life? You know, mm-hmm. and for someone who comes from a place where that might not be talked about, that could be an awkward first conversation, mm-hmm. you know, with your pastor. Yeah. But it's odd that that's the awkward thing, you know, yeah. that you yeah. need to get it to where that's not awkward, but that it's normal. Mm-hmm. And so there's a book that he um, had me read and, and, and I'm still reading it, but they talk about sex a little bit in it. Um, it's called The Holy Longing by Ronald Rollheiser. And mm. one thing he says is they're talking about like um, sex and religion. And he said, there is a divorce in Western culture between religion and eros. Like all divorces, it was painful. And as in all divorces, the property got divided up. Mm. Religion got to keep God. Mm. And the secular got to keep sex. Hmm. The secular got passion and the God got chastity. Hmm. We, the children of that divorce, like all children in a broken home, find ourselves torn between the two, unconsciously longing for them to come back together again. Wow. Wow. And I read that and I was like, man, like if the God that we serve is the God of renewal, Mm -hmm. we as his children should desire and long for the divide of like Christianity and sex to come back to where he had it. Like Mm -hmm. Adam and Eve walked around naked. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. let's be real. You know, there was never supposed to be shame. And it was when sin came in that shame came in. Mm -hmm. And so we as believers shouldn't be walking in shame or hiding the topic that can either bring healthiness or brokenness to so many of the people within our church families. Mm-hmm. And so so one thing that we really want to do um, with the podcast is we always want to be real with people that mm-hmm. are listening. You know, it's so easy to be like, oh, you know, this is Trisha and Daryl. You know, they are, you know, he rap- he raps about their sex life and they have this Our Sexual Healing podcast and, you know, People can look on and be like, oh my gosh, you know, like that's the perfect couple, like the perfect marriage. (laughs) But that would just be doing the Instagram, you know, filter of life, you Uh know? And so for people that haven't been able to like 
talk with you guys, you know, and have relationship and hear the, you know, conversations of like, how you doing? The kids are driving me nuts. You know, like they <laughs> yeah. don't have those opportunities. Would you guys mind sharing, you know, in your journey, maybe a, a, a valley season? Because I feel like mm. a lot of people avoid talking about the valleys. Um, mm-hmm. We want to highlight the mountaintops a lot. And one thing that, you know, you'll hear over and over on this podcast, and I give him the credit because the way he worded it is beautiful, is that my pastor talked about how in the desert seasons, God is doing the preparation in Mm. your heart for the person he's calling you to be outside of that. And so how in those valleys, we tend to learn the most Mm. because our hands are tied and we realize that we can't fix it like we always try to. Mm -hmm. Um, So would you guys mind sharing a Valley story of how the Lord then redeemed it to get you guys to a healthier view of your marriage and the topic of sex? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, so first of all, just being, being real, um, there's been multiple valleys. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I just, you know, we've been married for 13 years and there have been, you know, more than a few like rough patches where it was like, yo, what the heck is going on? Mm -hmm. Um, I think the one that hurts the most recently was like losing my job in New York and Mm -hmm. not being able to drive for Lyft anymore and eventually having to leave New York. Um, with a bunch of debt because it was just like we can't afford to stay here anymore Mm -hmm. um but like i think um as it relates to sex it was just like i said like we were just arguing all the time because i was like we're not doing it enough and she's like but i'm tired and how come that's never good enough for you you know what i'm saying like (laughs) how come you don't believe me that i'm tired you just want me to get over it or what's like what's going and so like um, you know, and again, like some of it was my own selfishness, but the other part of it was that she just needed, you know, to, to work through some past issues. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it was an on and off like argument, like consistently, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. things would be good for a minute. And then like one day it'd be like, you know, it'd be like, you know, a little bit past what we would consider today, what we would consider like healthy, you know what I'm saying? Like averages you know what i'm saying it would go a little bit beyond that and then i'd be like babe what's going on she'd be like but i'm tired like what's the problem like you know what i'm saying it'd be like and it would be another fight again and then it would, we would be up until like three in the morning arguing about it so yeah um so i think that's that's kind of what you know eventually caused trish to say you know i'm gonna go to therapy and mm-hmm. you know helped her to see stuff you know and for her, like therapy, like helped her to see stuff that she didn't even realize about um, the things that caused all this trauma for her. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, she didn't even realize some of the details that she kind of overlooked or, you know, just talking through it with a therapist helped her to see it differently, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, and it was really healing for her. And again, it brought healing to the relationship. And um, even, even that in like, um, like when our pastor in Philly, uh, Pastor Eric, Dr. Eric Mason, um, there was one Sunday in particular where he um, he gave us all homework and said, I want you guys to go home and write down your honest thoughts about this thing that you're struggling about. And then I want you at, right next to that. I need you to write down what the Bible actually says about those things mm-hmm. right next to it so you can fight it with scripture. Mm-hmm. And. Trish came, you know, Trish came home and she wrote down some stuff about sex and, you know, 
And it was after crying for like a whole two hours. Yeah. Because I it was that 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 sermon he was talking about strongholds and how mm. you know he 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 literally called me out. He didn't say my name, but I was like, he's talking to me. Like mm. I was just it was it and this was what seven years into our marriage. So it wasn't like, you know, anything like we were freshly married. Like, nah, this was seven years in after only scratching the surface um, when it came, when it came to my, you know, my past and, and all of that. Um, the Lord was calling me to go deeper. And so, yeah, we went home and, you know, after crying and stuff and Daryl was like, all right, write down the things that you think are true about, you know, um, you know, as it relates to sex or things that you think about sex and things that you think about yourself and it was just all bad. Like it was just all negative things that I thought. And then he just was like walking me through the scriptures to combat those thoughts. And I was just like, yo, <laughs> I was like, yo, my husband is a beast. Like he's just like the way that he just, you know, really um, comforted me and just pointed me to the scriptures, pointed me to the truth. Um, it really like did a, 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 it just it just completely changed the way I thought about all of that stuff, um, and then that's when I really started going into therapy um, for the first time, and it definitely changed you know the trajectory of our sex life yeah. because I and, he, and I mean there's still moments where I I may not have a desire just because that's just the way I'm I'm like kind of wired but because those are just kind of like residue effects. Um, uh, or effects of the the past and the residue that's left is like a lack of desire. And so sometimes I have to, you know, um, pray. I have to pray or, you know, I have to talk to my husband and be honest with him. Like, look, I don't, I'm not feeling it right now. <laughs> like, or yeah. I'm just, you know, whatever. And he's very gracious. Um, he's never really like, he des- definitely doesn't come at my neck like he did before in the past <laughs> or in <laughs> arguments. Um so yeah, it's been good. That's what's up. Yeah, that's good. I thank you guys for sharing that. You know, when when you guys were talking, um, there's a book uh, that Mark Driscoll put out a long time ago uh, called mm-hmm. Real Marriage, mm-hmm. um, and that book actually really helped me and my wife. You know, because mm-hmm. awesome. as long as we're being vulnerable, you know, there there was a time where me and my wife were on the brink of destruction. You know, like wow. our marriage was what was, was almost done, you know, and mm. through, through the loving grace of our pastors and, um, just the, the Lord really, uh, redeeming things, you know, we, we were able to, to, to get through things. Um, but the, the, that book, uh, really talked about the idea of how sex can be seen in three different ways. And one of them is it can be seen as a God, like mm. someone who really just elevates it to a platform that it never should have been, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the idea of it being seen as gross because of our past. You know, mm-hmm. we see mm-hmm. it as something that we really don't want to like touch, you know? So we find excuses or reasons to avoid it. Um, and we never address it from a godly view. So it stays in that. And then he talks about, and then the healthy way is when the Lord really redeems either of those two, Mm. you start to see it as a gift. Mm -hmm. And that would be what I would love to see the arts display is Mm -hmm. that, you know, we struggle. There is that struggle where we can let our hearts 
you know, get the best of us and, and, and sin creep in where it starts to be a God and mm-hmm. we need to address that. We need to address that it's not gross, that it is beautiful, that the Lord can redeem our past. Yeah. I remember hearing some poems by um, Genetics back mm-hmm. in the day in her P4CM, um, you know, era where she really highlighted, you know, the redeeming of the view of sex. Mm -hmm. And and I think we need more of that because I know that many who heard it were affected. Um, And then get it to a point where we are the ones that are saying, Hey, that's the false view of sex. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. this is what sex is like actually finding beauty and gratification, but also praise and worship to the Lord through our healthy, you know, marriages. And so before closing, um, Stephen, would you mind for an artist that's listening, would Mm -hmm. you mind sharing um, just some advice on why, you know, and how they should approach the arts with vulnerability and honesty and Mm -hmm. like how you have found freedom in doing that? Yeah. Um, You know, I think... You know, and again, it is it is important to get the theology down because I think you you can't really apply what you don't know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's definitely important to get the theology. Um, but again, you won't know the theology unless you're doing the theology. Um, the mm-hmm. Bible is booby trapped in such a way where if you're not if you're not doing it, you're not going to understand it. The Bible says, "Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves." Um, and he said the same thing to the, he basically said the same thing to the Pharisees. Like, look, you think you got the, you know, everything because you search the scriptures, but you don't because you're not doing it right. You're not obedient. Um, so our obedience is what gives us understanding of what we're actually reading. So Mm -hmm. not only does applying it, um, benefit because you're, you're actually living the faith, but it also helps you to understand your theology. Um, all right, that's my soapbox moment, but, um, (laughs) but all that to say that knowing the scriptures, obeying the scriptures, it'll show up if, if you're being real, that stuff's going to show up in your, in your music, you know what I'm saying? And, um, specifically on the topic of sex, I think that, um, not, I think, but I believe that, um, you know, because we've been given the word. Um, and we're the only community on the world in the world that can understand it because we're the only community that has the Holy Spirit. Um, that means we are the authority on the topic. Mm-hmm. And so we have yeah. to act like it. And with that authority comes the responsibility of making sure that we're sharing it accurately. Mm-hmm. You know, so because, um, again, if not, like you said, somebody else is going to teach our kids. Um, mm-hmm. So they'll run to porn. Mm-hmm. They'll run to you know, these sex talk podcasts, um, they'll run to, you know, whatever. And it's readily available. All of our kids are getting the cell phones now. Um, so again, if we're not on top of it, if we're not going to talk about it, if we're not going to, um, be real about it, um, then people are going to continue to be misled. So it's so important that, um, we kind of, you know, like you said, just take that topic back, um, claim it, um, you know, for the gospel, and teach people, you know, from the gate. And, you know, another real quick motivational um, concept is like, you know, when when Paul um, first came back to Jerusalem, 
uh, to talk about the idea of, of Gentiles being saved. Um, they discussed it. They came to some conclusions. And one of the few things that they were like, well, make sure you talk about this. One of those things was fornication, mm-hmm. sex. <laughs> it's like, make sure you tell them not to fornicate. You know what I'm saying? You guys got to talk about sex. Give them the gospel, but make sure you talk about sex too. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's always been on the, on the, even in the Bible, it's always been on the list of like, these are priority essential teachings mm-hmm. for the, for the Gentiles. So, so again, don't sleep on it. Don't act like, oh, this is, you know, it's inappropriate, whatever. Like, no, just, just talk about it. Make sure people see yeah. the good and the bad of it and not just stop, you know, wait till you're married. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like leaving that gap of information hasn't helped anybody. Nope. At all. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I love that. I love because whether it's sex or any other topic, you know, like enjoying the things that the Lord has given us to delight in, you know, whether mm-hmm. it's a glass of wine or a, you know, shot of whiskey, you know, mm-hmm. like any of those things, like the Lord is the one who creates good things. Mm-hmm. So in the same way that you say that we're the authority to be able to speak on that. Anything that the Lord has created for us to delight in, we should have and step in with the idea that we delight in the Lord who created these things. So we have the authority to speak on them in a healthy way Mm -hmm. that we don't need to tiptoe around certain topics because we're afraid of what other people are going to talk, you know, think about because, if we're modeling our life around Christ and then he gave us other men of God in the scriptures to look at and model as well. Mm -hmm. And they were talking about those topics. Mm -hmm. Why should we no longer be talking about it? Like when did that stop? Like Mm -hmm. it didn't stop, you know, with Christ. It continued with Paul. It continued throughout the book of acts. Like when did we get to a point where we were like, all right, now let the world talk about those topics, you know? Yeah. And so, so, so that's what, what I hope people see is, you know, there are people out there talking about things that need to be talked about. And when we can get to a point where that's the norm, where when people put on Christian radio or pick up Christian literature or they see a dance, it can talk about, the ups and the downs of a believer, Mm -hmm. because if it's only the ups, we're going to give this false perception of what Christianity is and Mm -hmm. people are going to buy in and then fall and realize that they bought into something false Mm -hmm. or they're not going to buy in at all because their life has never been picture perfect and they can't relate to a life that is. Mm -hmm. Um, So, so thank you guys so much for being part of it. Uh, Before we get off, there's two things we want to do. First, please give our viewers where they can find and follow what you guys are doing. Sure. You can uh, follow us on Instagram at Our Sexual Healing. We're on Twitter as Our Sexual Healing without the G. And our blog is OurSexualHealing.co. C-O. Um, yeah. You can email us, up, email us if you have any questions or whatever uh, at hello at OurSexualHealing.co. That's it. That's what's up. Awesome. And if you guys have not listened to Daryl, a.k.a. Stephen the Levite's music, please do so. Get on Amazon, Spotify, Apple Music, Bandcamp, 
whatever Everybody. else is out there <laughs> and, and follow that joint. And before we get off, we are going to do something that we call the bar for bar recap. <laughs> so what's the bar for bar recap? It's a little more pressure for our guest MC today because he is with a guest MC uh, that he has listened to throughout the years. So what the bar for bar recap is, is I let an MC or a spoken word artist know who my guest is going to be. Right before the show, I send them just a few quick tips of what I know about our guests, and then they listen without you guys knowing, and they continue to take notes. And then they create a verse to recap what we talked about on this podcast. So I got my boy Vitaly Magic up on here. Steven, you there, brother? Hey, what's going on? What up, what up? Say what's up to Trisha and Daryl. What's going on, guys? Uh, this has hey. been like super refreshing just listening hey. in the background and just kind of hearing you guys go through the topics. And it's just been really good and really, really filling. That's what's up. Awesome. That's- yeah, so so Stephen uh, ha- has listened to Stephen the Levite's music in the past, and yes. his <laughs> wife is a spoken word artist, and so they are Correct. a husband and wife in the arts as well, uh, mm-hmm. using their highs and their lows to glorify the Lord. So yeah. I thought this would be a beautiful pairing. So I'm going to let Stephen, Stephen, no pressure, bro. No, no pressure at all. No pressure. <laughs> All right. So, awesome. Stephen, I'm going to let you go and drop your verse. Okay, cool. Yeah. Bar for bar recap. Let's go. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Tonight's special guests are Trisha and Daryl Bell When they're speaking the spirit fell So I'll lean in and enter well Taste, look, and listen They keep it moving like pistons The gospel is the mission I'm moved by the exposition uh, Even still to this day Land moves that crew, son For me back in the day It was Stephen the Levite Muse one That's all I played No flex, it's threefold Getting creative with their craft This is art, so indulge uh, It's wild to hear everything That you guys have been through Seeing the Lord shine is light with everything you're into putting work in your marriage and describing feelings having a healthy view of sex and then pursuing healing it's so revealing plus we know his redemption is whole keeping it real on the daily free and healed is the goal it was an honor hearing you tonight so that's where we'll leave it can i be honest thanks for being honest because we need it yeah yes that was dope Yeah, thank you guys so much. (laughs) So, Stephen, can you let our listeners know where they can find you? Yeah, definitely. You can find me on Instagram at Vitaly Magic, V I T A L E Magic. That's what's up. All right. Last thing I'll say Stephen the Levite needs to put Vitaly Magic on that next album. That's (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm down with it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Thank you guys so much for being part of it. We'll talk soon. No problem. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Fellow Citizens Podcast brought to you by Gospel in the Arts. We hope that you have been encouraged and challenged and that you would share this resource to other artists who may need to hear these truths. Be safe and be blessed.